Hello and welcome to Bullet Points. My name is Ed Smith. I'm joined by Reed McCarter. That's evil Reed McCarter to you. The evil with the... No, I can't. There's no pun. No. I was going to say like the, the evil Ricarta. The evil with the... Mac- no, let's forget it. Uh, this episode we're talking about the evil within two, as what? you may have picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that surprised me. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice to shock you. So I just shock you, unlike the evil within two ever does. Oh, don't play all your don't play all your cards right away. Just dropping the hand on the table right off the bat, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, we're talking about the Evil Within Two, the third person horror game from Tango Gameworks. Which I don't think is a... I don't mean to start start off so negative and so biting and nasty or anything. And like I've just got petty grievances against this game but I think Tanko Gameworks is, is not a great video game studio name yeah what was the other one that we were taking the taking well, the mickey out of Bluber we were doing Bluber a few weeks ago Bluber not a good name Ninja Theory is up there for me. I don't mind Ninja Theory oh it's, come on it's just two words yeah but Ninja which is what do, what do ninjas have to do with anything and what's this theory maybe it's the theory that I, I, I honestly can't be bothered actually to, to <laughs> speculate on what that might be I, just, I, I think it sounds like something a 13 year old would yeah. think sounded good it sounds like a band like Tame Impala yeah but if Ninja there was a theory. band called Ninja Theory you'd have to really convince me to listen to them mm yeah fair enough okay uh, enough frivolity that's it that's the, <laughs> that's the joy quota fulfilled for this episode that's the fun ticked off The Evil Within 2 let's not bother recapping the plot I don't think anyone listening to this either doesn't know the plot or would be interested to hear us recap the plot but tell me what you thought of it uh, we should stay, say right off the bat too that um if the audio is a little bit weird this week, it's because there, Ed has run from one town to another, yeah, and does not have his usual high fidelity. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have his. Uh, he's not at Abbey Road Studios this week. No, recording. I'm in a. I'm in a small Cornish cottage, really in the middle of nowhere, and it's nine thirty p.m. So if I sound relaxed to unprofessional extent. I apologise. I'm hoping that the substitute microphone I've got will be okay, however. And if not, then we'll just say that we're trying this uh, kind of like lo-fi found footage approach. <laughs> this avant-garde. <laughs> what's his name? That what's the, what's the guitarist? Bailey. It's like John Bailey or Jeff Bailey, the avant-garde guitarist. Derek <laughs> Bailey. Yeah, we're doing some Derek Bailey-style podcasting. <laughs> mm. Um... The Evil Within 2. What do I think of it? Yeah. It's a tough one. I don't have strong feelings about this game, which is not maybe the greatest way to <laughs> to, to lean into an exciting episode to say I don't I don't have a lot of strong feelings about it. I like The Evil Within 1 a lot more and that game it that that game doesn't like rock my world or anything but it's uh the evil within 2 i think i I might be kind of stealing what you said to me at one point too about this ed but it's kind of it's a better software product than Mm -hmm. the first evil within uh the evil within one was kind of messy and and kind of felt like it was kept together with uh i don't know gum and toothpicks for most of the time but it had something it was it was just weird and wild and sort of like crass feeling and this one is is just it's safe and Mm -hmm. you know it looks better it plays better it it uh tells a more coherent story but it's just there aren't any there aren't any kind of like big peaks and valleys in it it's just a you know it's just sort of does what it's trying to do and just coasts along mm-hmm. um, which for me is I don't know I, I enjoyed playing it I played through it and I I wrote a piece that 
I think will be up by the time this goes up uh, for the site, and and I kind of doubt I'm going to think much about it again. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's it's a hard game to generate substantial opinions around. I'm tempted to. Well, I was I was tempted to talk about the evil within too because you're right. It's it's sanded down and it's cornerless. And uh, although the first game was flawed and and fussy and sort of complicated and uncooperative, it also had character. It had idiosyncrasy. It 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 had something approaching a style of its own at times. Um, it's still really derivative of films like The Cell with Jennifer Lopez and oh, yeah. things like yeah, yeah. that, right? But it had a few moments of something almost like brilliance. And this one, the sequel, is is safe and feels focus-tested and apologetic almost for the first one. It's, it's, it's almost like the difference between the first and the second Assassin's Creed games, where the first Assassin's Creed game, yeah, it's it's kind of repetitive and, and drags out and uh, boring at times but it's also a bit weird and it was strange and it was a bit new and there hadn't been anything like it for a while or maybe even ever whereas the second one especially now feels like a pretty rote sandbox game and I feel something like that with The Evil Within 1 and 2 so I, I was tempted to sort of talk about how oh The Evil Within 2 it's, it's illustrative it's emblematic of how the hyper commercialization of games robs them of all character but i personally feel like the evil within one wasn't that good either i, I liked it more than i like this one but yeah i don't yeah. feel like i don't feel like there's a there's some sort of tragedy at hand here i don't feel like something really great has been lost in the transition between the two games i think they're both sort of roundly acceptable and plain and i was not moved in really any direction either way by any of them i think i was occasionally frustrated by the first game because it was very difficult and i think i was often bored by the second game and sometimes felt something like tense when i was playing either of them but i i never had much of a strong reaction to to evil within one or evil within two the first one the thing that kind of struck me about it though is how just kind of like unrelentingly ugly it was and in, in it was sort of like all that stuff about resident evil when it uh tried its hardest to be scary and is almost less scary because of it you know i'm thinking of like um in four when you uh end up in there the uh god what are those guys it's like those big guys wearing like like uh dominatrix outfits kind of dominatrix outfits no i don't know it's the wrong thing they're like big leather daddy dudes and they there's like two of them and they chase you around this room in in castle at one point in resident evil 4 the guys with no eyes and the claws yeah and you have to shoot them on the back yeah those guys they're not wearing leather they're wearing big heavy metal armor (laughs) what's what's going on in my subconscious (laughs) (laughs) You've, you've introduced that somewhere along the way. There's a, a filter sworn. between your memory of Resident Evil 4 and Resident I, Evil 4. I could have sworn they were like, I think in my mind they were like wearing little, like little vests. <laughs> um, you remember but, that scene in Resident Evil 4 where she's whipping him on the back and calling him Naughty Boy. You know, that scene. <laughs> Resident Evil 4? Um... <laughs> As if that game doesn't already have enough uh, subtext going on everywhere else. They have yeah. to like introduce some that doesn't exist. <laughs> but I mean, like the Evil Within, the first one felt like it was kind of had that aesthetic of sort of like trying really hard to make everything as bloody as possible and as grimy as possible. Um, like there's a point early on in it when you're running away from the chainsaw guy. You know, in like the first half yeah. hour of it or something, and it's just there's just body parts everywhere. The guy's like, you know, hacking apart a corpse or something, and you run away from him through this dingy place, um, dingy little like dungeon cell, pretty much. And then when you get free, he he slides down a ramp. Uh, the main character, Sebastian, like slides down a ramp and he lands in sort of like an abattoir, like a but it's it's just blood. There are no parts, and he's just. You know, it's just like a game that is so 
kind of over the top about how gross it wants to be uh mm. how just sort of like nasty and it's not i didn't find either of these games very frightening but the first one felt more like it was trying to be sort of like subversive in that kind of like cheap horror way uh you know like a saw yep. kind of way of of just saying you know here's all this viscera and grime and, and stuff that you just kind of want to wince at uh, well, like the bear traps that were all over the place in the first one it made me think of when i was a young budding film student and looking for the the, the, the trying to sort of impress my friends with all these shocking and really great word that you use subversive films i'd seen i'd go out and i'd buy things that were were released on this label called tartan asia extreme and it was films like ringu and itchy the killer and you know the battle royale series and the chan Wu park vengeance trilogy you know that the, these these korean chinese japanese gore films basically and on the back they'd have this little ratings box violence uh sex and nudity language other and it was from mild to very strong mm-hmm. and you knew you knew you had a winner on your hand when you read on the back violence very strong sex and nudity very strong other very strong language <laughs> Just, very strong everything has to be very strong the, yeah very strong everything has yeah. to be at maximum yeah so those, those are the ones that you spent your your money on and the evil within too uh, excuse me the evil within it feels like you say at times like it was really going for that how red can we make this yeah. how 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 many limbs can we remove from people in this game how many bodies can we rack up how how can we get this to very strong very strong very strong very strong <laughs> right and uh, i appreciate it for that even though i didn't think you know it's a terribly written game really really nonsensical plot i thought and and characters who you didn't care a, a, about in any direction uh, in any sense um but yeah it had it had that we're we're really really going for the very strong rating the Evil Within 2, it, there's not a strong moment in it, I don't think. There wasn't something that made me go, ooh. No, there are... Some, I didn't wince. Which, which, isn't, which isn't to say there aren't good moments in it. It's just nothing... You know, I, I feel like... I don't want to beat up too... I, I want to make sure I like get across properly. Just kind of like... I, I don't hate this game. I, do, I just don't have strong feelings about it. It's, Correct. Yeah. Um, there are moments when I was playing it where I thought, "Oh, that looks great," and that mm. sounds great, and um, mm. stuff that worked really well. Um, you know, th- there are some moments in it too, I, and I'm trying to think, like, you know, there are, you know, some good gruesome moments oh. and stuff in this game too. But they're, I think they're kind of more diffused. You know, they're kind of, which I think is part of. I think the first game is roughly as long, but this game feels about three times longer because it has these that's interesting because I, I didn't feel like that at all I felt like the first one dragged a lot more than this one this this one this one ended pretty much when I was ready for it to end for, you know and I, I, I didn't feel it didn't feel too unnecessary there was there was a middle section I think where you you kill the first villain and they introduce the, the second villain and that whole diversion felt like packing but I, I I wasn't bored by it I wasn't tired of it by the time it finished I was I was ready for it to end but I wasn't fed up by it and mm-hmm. in terms of things that are there to like man if if you like good gun sound effects and and big blood sprays i think the evil within 2 has got the goods there are a few few kills and things that i thought looked spectacular it, um, it does have uh you know some of the shooting in the first game was pretty good too but in yeah. in this one it's this one i think it's it's you know, I guess the standard that they're going to be judged against is Resident Evil 4, and I don't think either of them are, are as good. You know, they don't have quite the same punch to all the weapons and, and everything, but I this one, I think the enemies are a little bit more fun to fight in just that, yeah. you know, that kind of nothing-y kind of phrase to, to say it without describing it, but they are, I think, more enjoyable. The first one, I think it was more of a chore to fight right. them. Even though I think I remember like the pistol and stuff like sounding really good mm. in that first one, um, but yeah, I I don't know if I'm like taking us on a tangent by accident, but I was thinking too when you said that this one is is you know and the first one was written very poorly too, 
I think the first one's story yeah. is yeah, it is yeah is bad in spite of some of the things you could say in its favor. I think the uh, it it took a very simple story, um, and just made it convoluted mm. to the point where it was just kind of disorienting in in a way that wasn't great. And I I think the first one I think and I I reviewed it back in the day and I think I called it like something like some form of like greatest hits of survival horror because it just felt like it was a collection of like tracks like with no real unifying theme other than the same characters in it. Mm. Um, it it just felt like okay now we're going to be at this castle now we're going to be in this underground dungeon now we're going to be in this you know uh, dilapidated city now we're in a forest but that first game um everything about the writing i think it still had some kind of charm to me in the same way that you know the older resident evil games have charm i I don't think it's nearly as good as any of those that i've played but it it was the acting and the uh the acting and the writing was bad enough that it was enjoyable to kind of hear what kind of nonsense lines they were going to come up with uh and this one was just sort of mediocre it was just mm-hmm. a, a story that made sense and i wasn't invested in any of it um just sort of lackluster dialogue but none of it was like super bad in a fun way mm-hmm. it just it was just kind of serviceable and 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 not great but i don't know it was func- functional certainly I, I i think that's how it felt to me functional yeah, and it was just kind of, I don't know, it, this might be too strong, but I just, there was nothing, <laughs> there was no real joy in this game to me, you know, it, which which I think is maybe unfair to say, but it's, because there is a lot of interesting stuff going, or not a lot, but there are interesting things going on in it, but it's just, it very much feels like it's just something that was just being made to make it to make some money you know mm-hmm. to compile this thing and put it out and and there it goes and the first one as rough as it was felt like it it was this weird homage to years of this style of game and everything and i don't know i don't know is that is that unfair do you think the first or? the first one you've got it directed by shinji mikami and he you, you, there's a reading of that game that you could make of him retracing his steps from Resident Evil, or maybe you know before that, like Sweet Home on the NES to the modern day. And uh, if you went through that game with a, you know, like one of those eyeglasses that a jeweler wears, you could probably pick out a lot of references to his work and to the changing identity of, of horror games over the past, you know, twenty years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that might inject it with with some interest. Evil Within Two, I don't think has. You know, it's it's directed by um, someone I forget his name, but he he oversaw the, the the creation of DLC for the first Evil Within game, and it's written by somebody whose name is I think Trent Naga, and I can't remember the films. Uh, the yeah, the films on his writing credits, but none of them are, are anything. There's nothing that I've seen. Um, and it it it's I'm not sure about its identity. I I don't think there's anything in Evil Within Two that felt like it belonged to it uniquely. Even Sebastian, right, the main character in that first game, his costume, you know, waistcoat, tie, this kind of pinstripe shirt, and a revolver. That's a sort of in 2014. There was something about that that felt a little more distinctive than the typical video game male protagonist in this game he's funny he's, in this game his outfit in this game he's down to normal looking pistol uh nathan drake style holster joel from the last of us beard and he he looks like a composite of, of he looks other like, video game protagonists he looks like a, an unwashed dad he's wearing he's wearing a goddamn well, polo shirt and khakis which is in itself a, a an archetype you know, he, he there was something distinctive about his appearance. I think in two thousand in in the first game. Yeah, yeah. You'd look at him and go, "Oh, that's the guy from the Evil Within." If you if you took him in the Evil Within two out of context and said, "What what game is this guy from?" It could be ten or eight games. You know. Um, 
and I yeah. I just I I don't know if people do people respond to it I don't know I don't know I, I, I think this idea that if you if you take the corners off of something and make it more like other games as seems to have happened between the first and second Evil Within Evil Within titles the idea that people are going to like that I think is 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 untrue I think it's like a false truism. I actually think people do respond to some some flavour and some character and some flair and some some weirdness and some sort of idiosyncrasy. Well, I mean, I think when you any any kind of fondness that people talk about the first Evil Within with, um, you know, uh, some of the stuff that we were talking about uh, with regards to like how kind of nasty it is and everything. Um, but I think the people who like it like some of the kind of eccentricities of it, you know, like some of yeah. the, you know, it's the kind of game where you say, you know, this isn't actually, this isn't a great game, but you should, you could, you know, you should check this out. You should see what this thing is because it's not very much like too many other things. And it's this weird particular throwback to very specific things. And this one, you know, my feeling of it is kind of like, hey, if you want to play a big budget horror game, there's just there's this one. This is the mm. one that exists. You know, mm. yeah. um, and it's you know it's a fine time. It's it's how I feel about God. It's how I feel about like a game like that Horizon that came out. You know, it's just it's fine. Mm. You can play it. It's it'll while away the time. Um, actually, no, I like this game more. But well, I I thought the Evil Within Two was a was a kind of a it was a page turner. I, I wanted to keep playing it. You know what I mean? I I I'd play it for a couple of hours and put it down. I, I would think about it and then go back and play really? it some more. Yeah, like not in a not in a thematic way, not kind of mulling the plot over or chewing over the characters. But I think <clears throat> you want just to see what happens. No, that I don't care about the plot. But there was something okay. compelling. There was something compelling about just collecting items. And, and doing upgrades on my weapons and fighting the enemies and picking, and I do mean picking clean the small sort of open world areas. I wanted to do more of that stuff. Well, I was, it, it, I was going to criticize it for that, that reason because it's, it's a game that I felt a compulsion to play beyond uh, any, any kind of greater enjoyment I was getting out of it. When it came time to turn off, I was saying, no, I have to do one more thing. I have to do one more thing. Especially yeah. in those open world sections, and I I resent that. I I don't think that's maybe a resent is too strong a word, but I I feel like when when you're saying, well, why did you keep playing? You know, what did you want to do? And it's like, well, I wanted to check some boxes. You mm. know, I I wasn't playing to see something or to experience something. I was playing to satisfy a compulsion. You know, and that's the kind of thing that I think over time I've come to. And, and it's not as insidious in this game because this game is is smaller in scale. I think when I first saw it, I didn't know a lot about, you know, I, I knew that there was some a hub or something, but I didn't realize until I started playing this that it has, you know, these open world levels essentially um, that change as you go throughout the game. And the first one that happened, I thought, oh shit, like I, I didn't think this is what this was, you know. Um, and I felt the sense of dread, kind of, about that. Um, and just the idea that this game felt longer to me too, compared to the first game. Because in the first game, I felt like every time I was playing, I was I was moving towards something. In this one, I felt like I was I was uh, tidying a room. You know, I, I felt mm. like the sense of satisfaction or whatever was the, was the same as as I don't know organizing a desk it that's and, funny and i i don't know it and it's not this game it confines it more because it's not saying i think if you did absolutely everything in this game's open world you know you did all the side quests and everything um you would not be playing it for 40 hours you know it's just it's not that big and it doesn't have this laundry list of stuff to do so it's it's not you know, it's not on the same level to me as many other games that will just have you chasing down a, you know, a feather or trying to find a coin somewhere and mm. doing that over and over and over. But it's still, I don't know, I, I was not, 
into that. I don't fall victim to the the games that try to activate your compulsion gland. I don't not either. Someone... No, I don't. I I don't get sucked into an, an Assassin's Creed or a Candy Crush or something like that, where the there is something arguably, arguably, and I stress arguably because I. Anyway, but there's something arguably dark about how they draw you in via your reptilian addiction to numbers. Uh, but Evil Within 2, I, I wanted to keep playing it and picking stuff up and upticking the guns and things like this. Not because it, I, I was satisfied by simply increasing my in-game power or, or collecting more digits, but because... I, I was never scared by the Evil Within 2 but I was tense you know when when you've got a particularly low amount of ammo and when you've got a yeah. weak character and there are these enemies who, who have, have a, a certain amount of capability to kill you very easily there's a tension there and I wanted to keep playing the game and collecting stuff because I wanted to sort of I wanted to beat the game and I don't mean get to the end of it. I mean, I wanted to sort of swing the pendulum more in my favor. I wanted to collect stuff and power up my character and not to be afraid of it anymore, not be tense, not be tense and which, by which it anymore. This game does do a good job of, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 the, it, the difference in the first time you go into that open world and there's three, you know, zombies shuffling around versus the end of it when mm. you're just, just smoking those dudes, you know? Yeah, and then... And there are there are simpler sort of visual pleasures as well. You know, I wanted to, I liked the 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 blood effect when you shoot someone with a big gun. So I wanted to go out and get a bigger gun, or you know, make the gun more powerful so I could hear the noise it makes. You know, there are there are small things like that that made me want to keep playing the Evil Within Two and just seeing these these <coughs> tiny sort of aesthetic and and sound and picture treats, I suppose that that might have been hidden in it. Uh, it, it in regards to the first game feeling more like you were heading towards something, that that was the opposite of my experience in the first game. I felt like that game really meandered and went on so long. And I, I, I particularly remember, you know, the, the boss enemy in that first game, the, the woman with all the arms, and you have to set her on fire. Do you remember that guy? Yes, I do. And you have to... You, and you, you confront her five times or something, and every time it's you have to run away from her, lure her into an area flip a switch fire comes down she runs off repeat and you have to do this time and time again and it that that really murdered my sense of going somewhere in the first evil within game whereas in this one it's maybe not official sense of of trajectory or like dramatic momentum but watching things constantly tick up in those menus um did give me that sense of, of forward progression what i will say about See, both of them right I, I, one last point about yeah. the drama and the sense of of tension or momentum or anything i think they're both drastically undercut by the fact that they're set in worlds within worlds, you know that kind of Assassin's yeah, yeah. Creed's Abstergo. What is it called in this? Has to be the Animus. Yeah, you know, and you're not you're not really being transported back to history, or even even your character isn't in history. You know, you're playing a character playing a character, and there's just this extra level of removal that really yeah, I don't really damages. That. I think the the dramatic potency and this game and the first Evil Within, you're playing a character who himself is plugged into a computer simulation. So the the like I said to you, I think in private, it's it's pretty close to it was all a dream, and and that does affect my enjoyment of it. I just because I wonder why it's not that I I feel necessarily that my tension is even undercut. I just wonder why, and the only reason I can come up with them for doing it is because there's somebody somewhere, some imaginationless person, who is concerned that you can't simply have monsters, you can't you can't simply have body horror, you can't simply have transformations. And scary things happening. There's got to be some plausible or semi-plausible context for it. I.e., this is all taking place in a virtual reality simulation, not the real world. Well, it's. I, it's, I, I feel like that's such a shame to to have to write around it like that. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's more fun when you have something where it's just. just let well, it be. There are monsters here. You know. We've been out and bought a horror game. We're signed up. You know. Yeah. We, we get it. I'm. I'm not here for. Lars von Trier's Dogma 95 movement. I, I want a, a big brush horror game. I, 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 and why is that even a conversation that has to be had? 
You know what I mean? Why, why, why does it have to be explained to the makers of a horror game? It's okay to set this in reality. Well, I, uh, I think... Yeah, that's a good point. You know? I, I don't think that's that's strictly games. I think I think we see it a lot in games because I think the length of games, they feel more of a need to explain themselves by the end of it, um, which I think is a tendency that needs to be pushed back against whenever possible uh, until, <laughs> until we can figure out how to use it responsibly. But it's it's sort of like the you know I blame Resident Evil in part for this where the last you know the last quarter of of those games is always picking up it's it's the worst part it's the uh, it's the sun coming up when you've had a really good night out mm, <laughs> where mm. all of a sudden you're picking up these notes that are saying you know uh, research log the T virus is making this dog grow extra eyeballs on its yeah. face and that's bad now we're gonna sell it to uh we're gonna sell it to britain to finance a war that's taking place in africa and it's just like yeah. fucking come on i don't care you're not we're not here for your uh it's just it's apples and oranges at that point but mm. i don't know whatever there is there are ways to do that i think but it's the evil within i think has the tendency and especially you know by the end of the first game you you do discover, oh, this is all taking place inside this machine of these networked brains and blah blah blah. And so the second one, it feels like they just it's full tilt into that. It's mm. it's well now you know what it is, so the intrigue has to come from us talking more about it. And yeah, I don't know. I I just want you know Sebastian waking up with a headache and saying, oh my god, where am I? And he's in this yeah. nightmare world. <laughs> he has yeah. to get out. Um, yeah, fuck, what was I going to... I was going to say something, too, about... I was thinking about when you were saying about there, there's still something satisfying about the numbers going up in it uh, in terms of, like, the, the open-world-y kind of stuff in this. And I'm I'm like you. I think we have we must have talked about this a number of times. We've talked about open-world stuff, you know, doing this show. Um, I, I never really feel much of it. It's very rare and I can't think of an example offhand of a game where they've had a big open world and I've thought to myself I'm going to do all of this or I'm going to yeah. keep doing all of these um, I'm pretty utilitarian in terms of which I don't like uh, in terms of like I want to see story stuff you know I want and it's frustrating because then you have to make mental calculations about if they're going to actually have any good scenes squirreled away into the stuff that's optional and anyway that's a whole other subject for another time but in this game I felt like it was A it felt like I was being tricked in certain ways I think there is good stuff in this where you do some of the side story things and I don't think they should necessarily be labeled as side stories because they're pretty good you know, they in, mm -hmm. in terms of you know, there's stuff like you're you're trying to find uh, equipment somewhere and you get locked into a diner with a ghost. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and things like that, or you get straight up just get like transported to a different place. And um, you know, there's that one part near the beginning where you go into a church and there's that uh, that preacher who like turns what happens to him? He turns into a monster or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I remember it was. <laughs> I remember it was good. It was as good as main stuff in the game. Uh, so this game, a lot of times you are getting rewards other than just numbers going up, which hmm. makes things seem more worthwhile. But I kind of, you know, th there was a time toward the end of it where I was just thinking, well, I don't know how much ammo they're going to get me later, and I'm going into the end of the game here. I better spend an hour running around this town making hmm. the, you know... Uh, making the decision to comb through every possible space to try to find resources for the end of the game that I'm not sure they're going to give me otherwise. And you have to like make these kind of things that, for me, kind of draw me out of the game more, where you're almost making decisions about how much do I trust the design of this game that I'm going to be okay if I don't do all this side stuff. Like, who do they think I am? What do they think I'm going to do? You know, and, and how is the challenge kind of presented in accordance with that? And I, I hate that stuff. Yeah. Especially in like a survival horror game where it's, um, 
it's is, is the trade-off worth it to use 10 bullets to go out and maybe find 15 mm. or or sometimes is it like am I going to shoot 10 bullets and use one health kit and get 10 bullets and one health kit back for doing it um, and I feel like survival horror it's like it's almost like little puzzle boxes right like the game has everything you need if you're careful and thrifty mm. and when they're saying hey but also if you feel like it, you can go out here and do whatever you want and maybe it'll pay off it's it's too I think there are ways you can refute what I'm saying where that's just maybe an extension of what survival horror always is but it felt like way too much of a it felt way too open ended and and kind of messy for something that I think has always depended on being sort of tighter and, and more mm. confined mm. I don't know well, like, this is this is where Resident Evil Four can't help but come back up because Resident Evil Four is is confined and is scene by scene. There's not much wiggle room for the for players in that game. You know, you you you, you walk through the game script, but it also feels big and bold and different all the time. And like there's a hell of a lot going on because mm-hmm. every scene that you do walk through, even if you are kind of, you know, following the game sheet music as it were, every scene feels different. You know, a, a minecart ride, a chase scene with this big statue, uh, being locked in a room with a, a creature that can regenerate it lim- its limbs. Right, so that feels like a, not to keep <laughs> because everyone's done it already. Not to keep troweling credit upon Resident Evil 4 but that feels like a good example of that dynamic where it's, it's, it is always different but it's always contained and it's always strict and there's always like a balance between what you're getting and what you're using and it, it, it feels directed well, even, I, within, even within go on, sorry carry on <clears throat> um, well even the, the space is in something like when you say that Resident Evil 4 they feel big enough they do they're not just corridors or something you know it's not um yeah i'm thinking of like the village at the beginning which is one of the i think really strongest levels in in something like this and you do kind of want to explore it but exploring it does not mean setting waypoints and running Mm. for you know running for five minutes toward another area it's it's well I'm going to go climb up this ladder in this barn and I'm going to make sure I'm kind of poking around as as much as I can and I think that's kind of like the extent of of openness you know that that maybe you want in something like this but here's the thing the evil within 2 didn't feel to me very it didn't feel diffuse it didn't feel lost in fact those those open world sections to me they were they were the epitome of the game's tenseness if you like and what it felt like to me at those points is one of those open world survival games that's always getting kick started but at the right size I, I, I did find myself having to make kind of decisions of well am I going to go and look over there now or go back to a, a safe room and rekindle my health and things like this or you know am I going to fight these enemies or just let them be and you know, on a very, on a small stage, I felt like that stuff was really working. If it had been bigger, then it, it would have felt a little lost and kind of pointless, and and just a, a sort of question of resources. But in that um, uh, that size, I don't know. I I, I, uh, I did I did I did feel something during those sections. I I I felt more weirdly. I felt more involved with the game in those sections where I was exploring, you know, a quasi open world that looked quite pedestrian trees buildings roads than when I was in the games I think um, dedicated and presented spectacular moments those moments where you're walking through those installation artworks and these sort of layers of fear in um, <laughs> sets and, and these these abstractions and moving architecture and colors and faces and things that that stuff didn't do anything to me because it, it felt derived and uh, it, it whoever is behind that stuff on the evil within two team does not have the imagination of someone who's worked on observer or on PT some of it was pretty like good were, I mean I it, don't know not... I, I everything with there felt to me copied 
it felt copied or, or, or much limper than, than the kind of stuff oh, that we've seen in other yeah, games. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it I don't think it goes anywhere near um the the best of that stuff with, you know, the old bloobers I think are, yeah. are the reigning champs right now. Mm-hmm. Um I mean P T is really something too. But um yeah, I didn't I don't know, I got more out of those than I did. But I I know what you mean. Like I'm being relatively hard on this open world stuff, but it could be a lot worse. Like I think it is important to say that I I was frightened at the beginning. Uh yeah, that, right? that it was gonna be enormous. You know, and you set your first waypoints and you're like, Okay, I have to go to this corner of the map where I haven't been yet and you're thinking, Oh god, here we go. It's like a big trek. Oh. Hope the sprint button is good. <laughs> and oh. it's uh and no, it's it's you know, probably at the outside about five minutes to get from one end to the other on, on most of these uh, and, and that's or maybe that's an exaggeration maybe it's less than that and it, it uh, there's spaces that do a decent job of just seeming like they're a block in a city and you know so maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, in not I don't know maybe maybe I'm emphasizing it more than I should be because it wasn't the end of the world and I will say one thing I really liked is that the conceit of the game is that you're uh, these these places, you know, this this uh, what's it called, Union? Yeah. It's it's the construct of of the you know evil corporation that created this dream machine, <laughs> and you're uh, and it's supposed to be uh, it, it's sort of been like taken over by the villains of the game. That's why you have like the monsters around and you know. Uh, everything's on fire and decayed. Uh, but because of this, when you when you sort of triumph against them to some degree, you're gaining access to another place that they've locked off to protect themselves. So instead of saying that the entire game is going to take place uh, in this one area of the city that's going to expand, you're just going to other parts of it. And so mm. it feels... It, it's not quite like when you get that muscle memory going in like a typical open world game where you're just traversing the same thing over and over and over and over in this one you kind of do that for a while and then you move on and you get a new one to do that too so it's Mm. not Mm. that I don't know it sounds maybe small but that I think makes a a pretty big difference I think that makes a really big difference and that makes a really really big difference I I hadn't really noticed that I I hadn't Acknowledge that that was what I was feeling, but I think that's right. Um, they are quite open worlds, but you know, like the um, the the Deus Ex Human Revolution hub areas. Yeah, it's kind of that idea, isn't it? Yeah, where yeah, if you if you were walking around a sort of continuously expanding Detroit or um, uh, what's it called? What is it called? In anyway, what the, in? The, the other one the other one in Deus Ex if you're just walking around these constantly expanding worlds they get a bit tiresome and like you say it just it starts to feel like a sort of all you can eat buffet where you're never allowed to stop eating and having them yeah broken into those chunks where you, you can basically complete one don't you think in Evil Within 2 yeah you can, you can see all of that open world in maybe maybe two and a half hours and then you move on to the next little open world and do that in, in two and a half hours. And that, yeah, I, I, I like that. I think that's a really... And that's that's a, that's a way of structuring a level that I don't think is very common. I'm not saying it's never been done before, because Deus Ex Human Revolution maybe is, is an example. But I like that way of structuring a level, because I, I don't like too much freedom. I get bored by too much freedom. I get bored by size. I get bored by the... the that can see that I should be allowed to do whatever I want. I don't want to do whatever I want in the game, so I don't find that entertaining. I like having someone there pointing me in the right direction, but at the same time, I you know I'll concede that when you're making a a game of this size and budget, maybe for the kind of audience that you that you're expecting, you've got to you know let people off the leash and 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 give them a certain amount of room to express themselves. And this feels to me like a a good balance between those two things. To me, the ideal game in terms of structure is still probably something like Observer, but this this feels like um, more to my liking than I'd expect from a quote open world horror game. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, and and there were there are a few times when, as is as is common in open world games, uh, there was a sort of harmony between 
things happening randomly but seeming like they were narratively intentional you know um that yeah. happened to me once or twice where they, you, you get this quite sort of rhythmic sequence of events that you couldn't have written down if you tried sort of thing um yeah well i i'd say too in in terms of when i was saying at first and then maybe reeling back a little bit uh, of saying that you know you're in in most open world games you're out and you're just kind of collecting collecting things and and it's overwhelming to you know say i think watchdogs 2 might be one of the last ones where i thought oh i like some of this story stuff that's happening in these these side things which i think in itself is a problem when you have to say i want to go where the story is because the story mm. should in theory be everywhere um yeah but you know in, in watchdogs I, I get this kind of like not paralysis but just like a just like a, a tension, an unwelcome sensation that I'm going to miss things unless I give myself over to this game for the next like two months of my life, which I'm sorry, but like it's not. It's not happening. It's it's not going to happen. Um, and this one, at least, you f you start doing the stories and you're thinking, oh well, some of this side stuff is is kind of neat, and then you think, well, I'm not going to do this for 20 hours because it's not that good. You know, but then you do find in this one, oh, you can just do it all if you want. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you want to see these little scenes and and see what kind of strange things might happen if you go into you know the post office or the city hall in one place or a diner. Um, it's not some endless list of of just like check boxes. It's you know little vignettes and and things substantial enough. It's not just um, have some more upgrade points. It's here have a shotgun. You know, which um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still not wild about it, but it's it's not as bad as it could well, have been. We, we we've not talked in much detail, and this can maybe this can maybe be a, a, a final talking point because the the one thing that really spoils this game for me, the one thing that that makes a lot of what I've said about how much I like it, well, not how much I like it, but what I like about it, makes it seem almost irrelevant. It's the character and the story and the writing, and I I. It's it's a weird, well not weird, but a, a very difficult to complement combination, a, a hard to reconcile dynamic in this game where you've got a lot of characters talking about a lot of things in zero depth. It's a really pretentious game because you've got so many characters that are introduced and they're all given like lengthy dialogue, but none of them say a single thing of any kind of pertinence or worth or interest just, there is a lot of talking in this game and, and none of it means anything to you not in the sense of you know they're, they're talking in like in-game jargon or it's in it's indecipherable in a sort of L-O-R-E law kind of way they just talk there's just talk and, I, think, and... I think there are two characters in this game that are decent characters and they're not good characters there's the artist who's the villain for the first but he's just He's just a variation on Hannibal. Right, but he's at least something. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm saying in terms of characters yeah, 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 who, okay. you know, kind of responding to what you said about a lot of them just talking and saying nothing. He mm. at least is entertaining. He says so, the same thing, though, over and over again. He does. My art, my okay. art, my art, my precious art. I'm an artist. You know, okay. That's his, that's his one note. Listen, Sorry, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I don't being, need to cross you. I'm being generous here. <laughs> Yeah, because because I think you're right. I think the characters are bad, and there's the one character who's like the team psychologist, who is the yeah. only other one who says anything that isn't, you know, we have to unlock this dream theater gate to get through to this part, you know, or uh, God, that guy from the beginning you talk to is just the most boring man ever. Jonathan um, Blow. Yeah, modeled after. <laughs> He looks just like Jonathan Blow. It's crazy. Yeah, and he's just as insufferable. Um, but but all of them are like that, you know. It's it's the it's the standard. They're not characters. They're they're uh, exposition dispensers. Yeah. Which I think is really clarified when they're talking, and then they're done their little you know introductory spiel, and then you have a list of things that you can ask them that are just like, give me more detail. Um, they're they're non-characters, and the problem too is that Sebastian isn't even in the first game. He was kind of he was just like a, a a jerk, 
who was unpleasant, uh, almost in the mold of like a Leon Kennedy, but less less charismatic. In you know, he wasn't quite as goofy as like Leon Kennedy, but the same kind of just like you know, he's supposed to be kind of a badass, but he's just goofy. Mm. Um, and in this game, he's just a sad, sad dad. Yeah. You know, that's that's his whole thing. It's not even that sad. Well, he's supposed to be sad. He gets sad. Be sad. <clears throat> he's very sad at every cutscene. Every just, uh, uh, he never cries. He, he's got one register, which is to just say his daughter's name with a question mark. Lily, Lily. He doesn't cry Lily? because he's not gonna cry. You look at him. You see that scruff? He's not gonna cry. He and the the thing I I <laughs> that I found the most. You're talking about how you know the characters all all deal in exposition and explaining what's going on, and that and that feels like a result of this ridiculous premise that they've burdened themselves with. By the way, of we're locked in this computer world and there's this corporation. You could because you they could if they want just get rid of all of that. I don't think anyone would bat an eye. I don't think any there are any fans of the the Evil Within one who are that fervent. That would go. Oh my God! They've they've got rid of the computer. Why not? What a, be- yeah, what a betrayal! Have it at the beginning. The computer broke, and now the computer broke. <laughs> and now, now it's the real world. Have... Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The monsters have gotten out into the real world. Whatever. So you've got these characters who are dealing in exposition because they they they've saddled themselves with this ludicrous premise, this contrived premise, and then you've also got what seems to me. What reads to me, or what 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 listens or hears to me, as or registers to me as a, a a lack of faith in the audience to be surprised or to be shocked or to be interested, because every t- every and I mean every single time, because I started counting, I started checking, and every single time you enter a new area, or see a new enemy, or or something happens that's not been explained yet. Sebastian would announce out loud, "What the hell was that? Where the hell am I? What the hell is going on? Who the hell is that? What the hell just happened?" And I mean, I mean, every single time, eighty percent of what comes out of that character's mouth is a question. He's worse than Solid Snake. It's he, just questions. I think Lily, he does that in the Myra, first game too. I think, and it's, oh, it's so annoying. I think in the first game you're like, you know, fifteen hours in, and you've killed zombies, and you know been teleported from scene to scene and he's still entering places and going like what the hell's going on here <laughs> what the hell's going on here yeah it's like well, stuff's going on just, man like just... just let just let me think it just let me think it let me feel it just quietly inside you know i don't need the character to be constantly going oh my god this is crazy um yeah that's that's how the writing felt to me in general was 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 functional and sort of just like checking that everything's been done you know we've explained this we've we've given the character a line to express that this is a new area just just a real practical approach to what the story of this game is has, has he got a personal involvement in this yes he's got a daughter okay does the evil corporation get killed at the end yes that's done you know what i mean um yeah no no what's the word i'm looking for just 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 no distinguishing kind of like... features no rough edges <laughs> yeah no well, rough edges at all. well I mean it's it's very much I think in a less enjoyable way than the first one it's it's just a story that deals in sort of the broadest strokes and doesn't have a lot of room for or a lot of time really for nuance and for you know which which can be fine um, but I think you know, you look at again the gold standard. Maybe is like Resident Evil Four in terms of a game that just wants to be loud and and kind of silly. And mm. and and this is a game that I think sort of presents itself as being something more. I think it wants you to describe it as emotional or cerebral, and mm. it's it's anything but. Mm. Um, and that, and that's a hard thing to to. It's a hard circle to to try to square when you have. A game that wants—I I feel like it does want to be taken seriously, especially. Mm. I, I mean, we're most of the way through this; we're almost done, so we probably don't need to like, you know, spoil things or whatever now. But toward the end of the game, I think it's enough to say that it—it it leans really heavily into the idea that you should be stirred emotionally. 
Oh, no, totally. It it wants you to. It wants you to think about this, and it, it it wants you to consider things about its villains that that maybe they're you know why are they this way, and then it kind of leads you down a path of I mean, this is what I I wrote my thing about, but it, the things that leads you toward are not flattering, you know they're they're mm-hmm. they're things that say you know Sebastian is. <laughs> You know, he's he's kind of putting everything back in its place. He's restoring his, you know, the nuclear family, and he's gunning down the deviants around him and everything. And and that's kind of where you end up if if you take the story as seriously as it wants to be taken, which you shouldn't. But then, you know, it's this weird tonal mishmash where it's saying, "Don't take it seriously. Now take it seriously." Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Do I have to say more about this game? It's, it's um <laughs> maybe not you know it's not bad I feel like it isn't bad I feel like I haven't bad. I, done I a good enough fine. job explaining it because that's how I would end it is like it's fine yeah it's not I, I I had a perfectly fine time playing the Evil Within two I really did um and there were, but the, I don't think there was a single moment of genuine surprise or, or feeling like I was experiencing something I've never experienced before in, in a game um, I don't think I was stirred at any point particularly I, I, I was tense sometimes and some of the gunfights were kind of exhilarating uh, but yeah I, I, I just had a perfect when I say it's a page turner earlier on it reminds me of something like maybe one of the sort of midpoint or latter James Bond novels <laughs> And they're they're perfectly good page turners, but there's just there's nothing going. You know, you know James Bond by that point. You know how these books work. You, you've seen it all before. It's perfectly fine to read. Yeah, and that's how I felt about the Evil Within. You know, I, I I knew my way around that game before I played it, and it was a it was just a, a perfectly okay time. And that that sounds like such a facile criticism. It's not even a criticism, but. What else can you say? What what tell me what else I can say about the Evil Within Two? And then it's a perfectly enjoyable video game, kind of capital V. I think yeah. The other things you would say about it is you have to. I don't know. You have you have to want to talk in nitty gritty about the the design of of its combat and you know the interplay of its systems, which I'm not super interested in. What's I don't that? feel very qualified. I don't feel particularly qualified to talk about that stuff. No, but you know, in in terms of you know the you you are qualified in as much as you've played enough video games to I think respond critically in some way to to how that stuff works, how it feels. You know, you're not mm. as qualified as another designer would be, but I don't mm. think that makes you unqualified. Or I think you have to talk about what it looks like which I don't think this game is as distinctive as the first one I think there's stuff that looks and sounds good in it but it's not it's not even as just sort of like funnily juvenile as the first game like it's just kind of it's fine and then I think you can try to dig into what it means and I think that you know, I just I just finished writing that thing like an hour ago, and I feel like maybe I did it too many favors or something because it's mm. I don't know. It's it's that kind of game where I think every approach that you're gonna take to talking about it is it's not gonna reward you a ton. Yeah, it's shallow. You know, every every, every critical alleyway you could go down, read the Evil Within Two is is pretty short. Um. Anyway. Should we leave that one there then? Remember in the first game, there's like you go into that forest at the beginning, and there's like mist rising up all over it, and yeah. you like go into a little hut, and he's like holding his lantern, and you can barely see in front of you, and you see from the yeah. lantern, and he goes into the hut, and then it it does like the remix of the very first zombie in Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. You know, the zombie like looks over its shoulder, and you shoot it, and that's how you get your gun. Yeah, remember how that was like. I don't know. That felt like something. That had a. Uh, that had something to it, and and the guy running around with the chainsaw and his, 
you know, creepy, creepy slaughterhouse dungeon. Like that stuff all felt like something. This this game doesn't have any of that, to me. Mm-hmm. No. And I think that's no. kind of where I where I come down on this at the end. Is is just it it doesn't leave you with much. Mm. Yeah. I can I can I, yeah no yeah I I can I can recall some specific moments from it, but nothing that. I would bore people by talking about and I wouldn't um, sort of belittle myself and lower my own prose by trying to talk about it in a critical way you know no but seriously if I I tried to discuss specific scenes from The Evil Within 2 in in a way that would make them sound surprising or or special or or stirring I would be lying I'd be lying I'd I've had to bullshit my way through that kind of conversation. Um, I like the way the guns sound. The blood looks really good sometimes, but there's no there's no one moment like you just described in the first game that I could talk about and and genuinely sincerely say, yeah, I, that 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 really that really did something to me. I I, I had a feeling there. It's none of that in this game. Um, yeah, I, yeah. It's just it was just a fine time. I it was a it was a good time. I don't regret playing it. It was an uneventful walk on an okay day. Too right. Right? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think it's really got much to tell us or to reflect or impress about where video games are at or, or whether there's too much commercial mentality, not enough creative. I, I just I don't think it's deep in any way that you within to I don't think it's got any depth at all it's a superficial game I feel sometimes superficial can be quite enjoyable listen you think if we both feel numb at the end of an episode how do our listeners feel you see but I, I don't feel numb because I feel like I've been genuine no, I mean, I feel no, like no, this, no. Is, this yeah, is the yeah. this is this is the sincerest way I can talk to you about the evil within too it, it is numbing in the sense of uh, you, don't, you don't feel a single thing while you're playing it but I yeah I, I, I would feel more more numbed and, and more dead inside if I if I sat here and tried to talk about The Evil Within 2 as a at all significant work um, and it's not I, I, I'm quite relieved that we've managed to get through the episode without I don't think embellishing at all hmm. but, 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 all, but, but you know we've still found reasons to praise it right um, yeah I, I think we've I think we've been fair to the evil into. So, what we're going to be fair to next time? Uh, that's boy. There's a lot of stuff being figured out. So I, I'm yeah. not sure. There's there are a lot of episodes coming down the uh, the old tubes, down the old garbage chute. <laughs> <laughs> they're spilling into the. They're packaged <laughs> into their black plastic bags, and they're flying down multiple stories toward your waiting ears. Uh, um, something to look forward to being being hit in the head by bullet points garbage as it flies out the <laughs> pneumatic tube. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm hesitant to say because God only knows what will happen. This is wild and crazy times right now too to uh, to figure out exactly what's going on. But I know we have an episode on uh, Ruiner. That's that's yeah. that's on the way uh, for sure. Um, I believe we're going to be doing. Uh, Call of Duty, World War Two. Mm. Um, yeah, and by the time this is up, the Halloween month will be wrapped up. So, mm. who knows? If it was our first time doing something like that with a variety of games. Um, did it work, Ed? Well, we'll see at the end of the month. Crunch the numbers. We'll talk yeah. to our uh, talk to our manager and, and see what, see what we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so please go to bulletpointsmonthly.com where you can you can read our articles on horror games this month as well as all the other months that we've done previously and all the months that we'll be doing in the future. Just everything. Everything we write goes on bulletpointsmonthly.com. And you know, if you enjoyed this episode... Oh, sorry, Reed. No, I was just going to say, you know what I've been thinking lately is that if you want to read about some stuff, there's a, there's a lot of articles now. There's a mountain of it's, articles. It's it's good, isn't it? It's It's a bit of a catalogue. It is. Yeah, it is. I, I was just saying that. I think, I don't know. Give, give it a shot. There's a lot there. Yeah, 
it's a resource we've we've got maybe we've been going what 12 13 months longer than that no 13 so the, 13 or 14 yeah, it's maybe like 50 40 50 articles on there yeah um yeah man um, by by different writers different games it's good it's good, it's a good website i recommend it <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one yeah uh and if you like the website if you like this show you can go to patreon.com forward slash bullet points to donate some money to us we really appreciate all your attention and just just everything that people do to support the site it's a it's a big help it's more than a big help it keeps us going um okay so that was the evil within two i've been ed smith you've been reeve mccarter and we will be back with probably ruiner but we'll see yeah is that ha- fair? happy halloween i guess because who knows yeah happy happy halloween <laughs> Ooh.